0: Welcome to the Ask Sue Show, another late one for the UK holders. Uh, it's 10 o'clock in the evening for me, and uh, it looks like it's going to be one of those long ones. Oh, yes, it's a special. Uh, it's going on till 2 o'clock in the morning for us, and I do believe it's 5 o'clock in the US, and so you'll be going on till 6, 7, about 10 o'clock, so you've got some fun with us. Oh, actually, is it 9? Oh, whatever. Do you know what? Hope. Hopefully, it's all okay. Now, a big hello to, let's see, we did a quick shout out to Beth, to Bill, to Debs, uh, to the guests that need to sign into Blog Talk Radio, to Karen, to Pebbles, and to William. I hope you're all okay. We have got a fun packed show tonight. Um, obviously, we started the show a little bit earlier so we could actually fit everybody in because you know what it's like everybody wants to join the Asu show. Uh, If you've got any emails, for the ones that can't call into the show, if you'd like to email, asksueshow at gmail.com. That's asksueshow at gmail.com. I'm just going to re-sign into there so that I can actually get hold of you all. So if anybody wants to email, you can, by all means, do that. Uh, The other way to do it is you can call into the show, 347-327-9694. That's 347-327-9694. So that's for starters. We've got quite a good lineup to say the least. We're going to have Jeff Colton back ringing into the show. We've got the wonderful Jim Crosby. I haven't spoken to him for quite a while. Had a good natter with him today. So hopefully he's all okay. Um, he will be coming onto the show in about an hour's time, I think, something like that. Um, so also for that. If anybody else wants to uh, give us a call in, we have got a few um, other guests. But, of course, I'm not going to tell you them all. That would be just ruining it. And I don't want some of you going and then coming back when it's a good time. So I want you to all stay here with us, Sue, and catch up with what's going on. Now, we've got Hilary who's going to be calling into the show, which, as most of you know, has um, helped to start up the truth about Bloomfield. Um, So I will send you a link to that. It's literally on Facebook. But you must bear with me because I'm going from... One page to another to another, so I'm I'm getting there eventually. Um, now this has just disappeared. Hold on a minute. Um, all goes well on the Sue Show, doesn't it? So let's put a link first of all, so you can all join there. Uh, Mr. Rosa, if you'd like to call in, if you want to come and have a little natter with our Sue, by all means you can. I have seen you just sneak into the chat room there. Hope you're okay, okay as well. And just in case anybody doesn't know, in case we've not said it enough on the, mine and Howard's um, show, uh, John Rosa is the one who has done the Patrick Miracle page. Oh, what a fantastic page it is, too. And just to let you know, we will be doing a show about Patrick very, very soon. Now, to start off for the evening, for a lady who can do a rant as good, well, I'm not going to say better because I don't want to put myself out of business, but um, a rant to keep up with Sue, it's, of course, Hilary. How are you doing, Hilary? Hi. <laughs> How are you doing? Not ranting today. Good. How are you? <laughs> I don't believe that for a minute. Let me start you off. <laughs> what do you mean? What I always say I'm going to have a calm night And then somebody just says the wrong thing And before you know it, all hell kicks loose (laughs) I know
1: Well, we'll I'm going to let everybody else do the talking tonight Because lots of important people are calling in With good information First-hand experiences Mm
2: -hmm. I'm really looking forward to The ACO
1: who picked up Memphis initially And named him, actually She'll be calling in
0: Excellent. I just cannot wait for tonight. At the end of the day, I've heard shows before that have done shows that, okay, or shows, let's just say, uh, but this is the real deal. This is where we get people with the proper information and right. where you hear each side of the story. So we've obviously had uh, Mr. Vitchdell to say that, um, that Hillary loved very much, didn't you, Hillary? <laughs> Calm down, yeah. Hillary. I was just joking. Calm. Yeah, yeah, just nice. Yeah, lovely. And um, obviously, a lot of people have got their views. And But but to be fair, we did have his side of the story, which is fine. I will never forget you lot in the chat. You were saying quite a bit of things to me, to say the least. And I'm thinking, just give me one more minute. It was a brilliant show. Absolutely loved it. And, of course, we're going to be having Jeff come on to the show very soon as well to give us his updates. Now, I just need to see who this is waiting on the line. It might be my mate John, possibly. Uh area code 201?
3: 2018, that would be me.
0: Oh, hello, darling. How are you doing?
3: I'm just peaky. How are you doing?
0: <laughs> Only just peaky. Is that all?
3: <laughs> well, I could have said ducky, <laughs> but it's not raining.
0: Oh, bless. Um, just in case anybody doesn't know the wonderful John Rosa, welcome him to the show. So um, any info, any updates, anything you've got to rant about, John, or are you quite calm and collected yet as well?
3: I'm fairly collected as well. I'm really looking forward to uh, one of the guests that uh, Howard leaked to me uh, mm-hmm. being here today. I'm um, going to love hearing what he has to say. Yeah, he yes. narrowed it down for everybody. I said he, so there you go. Fifty percent of the options
1: are cut it, out. It, it, it's it, been it, posted it, on it, Facebook by Miss Sue there. So everybody no, everybody knows. Okay. It, yeah,
0: <laughs> After okay. if talking about secrecy, gym, yes. <laughs> d- If you're talking about Jim, it didn't last very long. I couldn't hold my, I couldn't contain myself any longer.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, mm. but, yes, but Mr. Crosby is definitely I, I one must, I'm loving to hear from.
0: I must just say that um, as you know, at the end of the day, is very genuine. She doesn't hype any scenes or anything. And I will just say there was two words I said when I came off from. Um, Jim, and you can imagine what that was, couldn't you? Good <laughs> mm.
4: Oh, I was mm-hmm. well
0: chuffed. He's lovely. He's a really, really nice guy. And mm-hmm. straight away he said, yes, certainly, Sue, I'll be straight with it. And I'll tell you what, absolutely fantastic. So I'm really looking forward to that. Thank you so much because... for doing that. Oh, i tell you what. For reaching out was,
1: to him. I, I mean...
0: <laughs> He's lovely. He's such a nice guy. I've just got to mm-hmm. say, though, as well, I have sent him the shows where Mike Fitzpatrick was on because he hasn't actually heard it. He'd heard a bit of gossip about the show, but hadn't mm-hmm. actually heard it. So, we, of course, we obviously shared him the link and, and said to him to have a little listen before the show. So he's going to have a look and see what was said and what was for real and what wasn't quite for surreal, if there was anything, of course. Um, so, uh, it, that's going to be a bit of interesting listening for him, to say the least. So, yeah. I'm getting a bit disappointed. We um, probably have apparently got a bit of a sound issue. If anybody's in the... I, <laughs> I was about to say, if anybody's got a sound issue in the chat, just let me know. <laughs> How are they going to know? Because they won't have heard me say it. <laughs> <laughs>
4: that's right. Oh,
2: but
0: you were smart enough I must get this. That. I must get this hair dyed blonde. It's no good. <laughs>
1: It's Saturday. So, You're
0: allowed. I know. It's going to be a long night as well. I think I'm going to be on the floor by the time it comes to the end of the show, to be fair. So, Hilary, have you got any updates you want to share while we're um, passing away the first hour?
1: I don't really. I missed the meeting Thursday night. I mean, I saw a lot of the posts. Uh, Joe Del Judice is going to be really. calling in. He was at the meeting. He's going to give us some um, details about that as well as another um, person who attended. She'll be calling in. Um, I'm going to leave it to them today because I okay. really, I mean, except for the new wall, I don't really have a lot of information to offer. We do have some notes up there about the contradictions from Mike's um, radio interview with you.
0: Right. Which one? I, I must admit I've not had a chance to look. Like if i on it. So if you want to read any of that out, by all means, shout it out.
1: Right now? Okay, sure. So, this was tw- this was this was taken. These notes were. Ta- do you want me to read the notes from the broadcast? Yes, whatever
0: you've got to give, that's Okay.
1: Well, the post starts off by saying, "Now this is only twenty minutes because it would have taken days to go through the whole thing, and there's just not time right now." But uh, yes. in a publicly in a, in a publicly broadcast international radio interview with Ask Sue Davies last Saturday, October thirteenth, Mike Fitzpatrick challenged Jeff Colton back to rescue quote. All of the seven dogs currently being housed at the Bloomfield Animal Shelter, blaming us for those dogs not being adopted yet. You know how I feel about that, because I talked about yeah. it last weekend. Um, oh. Who is us exactly? You'd have to ask Mike. Jeff has accepted his challenge. So the following are some, at least six contradictions about the first 20 minutes of the show um, so far. So, number one. States Kathleen Georgevich initially asked him if he wanted her to do the evaluation. He states he told her no, to avoid biased. Why not save money and allow her to do the evaluation? She's, in quotes, qualified, as the health department repeated, repeatedly publicly states, and then possibly have a second off-site evaluation if there were, in fact, discrepancies brought up by those who actually know Memphis and understand canine behavior, i.e., the staff and volunteers. The staff had nothing but good things to say about Memphis since day one. Just let me put that out there. Excuse me, okay, and so did the volunteers. They can also, they're very good at reading dog behavior. Um, Two of the ACLs that were on staff have decades of, you know, animal experience. The volunteers, many of them have been there for over a decade, very knowledgeable in that area as well. Uh, Number two, states' dogs were evaluated off-premises two years prior, which implies 2010. However, three dogs were actually evaluated at St. Hubert's in late 2011, just four months prior to Kathleen Georgevich's hire. And from what I understand, 2011 was the first time in eight and a half years that any Bloomfield dogs were sent to be evaluated ever. So he's saying in the radio show uh, that two dogs had been evaluated two years ago. That's not even factual. That's not accurate. So he doesn't really even have the facts about his own shelter uh dogs were taken in late 2011 while Andrea Kilkenny was there three dogs were taken up to St. Hubert's to be evaluated
0: um sorry what were the reasons for those three to be evaluated one of the
1: dogs I said I don't know I think two of them might just have been a general evaluation maybe that was something they were going to implement at that point it was a new manager Um, I know one of the dogs had a very um, bad shyness problem, which was being taken the wrong way by some people. She is actually now at Spirit Sanctuary, so she'll never be adopted. She'll live her life out with a dog pack that um, the person who runs that place, um, that's what they do. If a dog comes up to that sanctuary, they never leave. They have a pretty good life, but they'll never be with a family. They're um, integrated into a pack. He is highly skilled at doing this. And um, I don't think there's been a lot of incidences with the dogs that have been brought up there over the years. I so, um, have <laughs> um,
3: These evaluations, the three dogs from 2011, what were their breeds and what were the results um, of their evaluations?
1: One was an Amstaff, which this is probably going to cause a ruckus, but that's what Memphis actually is. Uh, right. This dog was actually a mini Memphis. His name was Dakota. Um, his owner is going to be calling into one of the shows. She had a wedding tonight, so she couldn't call tonight. She had pretty bad experience at the shelter recently as well. Memphis was also um, noted um, noted as being aggressive by Joaquin, the vet tech. I had a huge issue in the parking lot one day when I was taking um, Memphis Coda to Harvest Fest last year. It was a Saturday, and I had him in my car. We were all ready to go. And I got ambushed in the parking lot by one of the people that doesn't work there anymore. She was fired. Um, and the, another younger um, guy who is a kennel attendant, I think, who told me Joaquin sent him out, sent them out to take me, uh, Coda away from me. The dog is aggressive. I had a big thing in the parking lot with them. They took Coda away from me. Um, I went back the next day and took him, took him anyway because the event was for two days. I also took him okay. to Blessings of the Animals the following week, and which worked because he got a fabulous adopter. But it just goes to show the lack of knowledge down at that shelter. This person is not qualified, probably, he's probably got the least qualifications of anybody there right now. And every dog to him is aggressive, and he was spoken about this by a previous manager because that's what he did. He walked around telling everybody almost every dog in the shelter was aggressive. He's afraid of dogs, and he is the one that mishandled Memphis, by the way. So. Okay. And the other so two Koda, I, I'm pretty sure Coda passed his evaluation. Okay. I'm sure he did, actually. And I can't remember who the other dog was. I was still volunteering there at the time. Maybe somebody that calls in will remember the third dog. The other dog, Bonnie, like I said, was taken up to Spirit Sanctuary. Right. Mm. Okay. As a matter of fact, Jennifer, who adopted Coda, has been trying to get a copy of his evaluation, and from St. Hubert's, and they're not releasing it to her. Um, also, Bloomfield, she has opened it a couple of times, is telling her they don't have it. It's been less than a year, so they should still have that on file.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So she's still in the process of trying to get a copy of it.
3: Do we know who the evaluator was? It was
1: Pia. It was all Pia. Mm-hmm.
3: And Pia and whoever for, she Except for the with. one that I've you never don't been, remember. I've never... all, and except for the one you don't remember, all three of them did not do well.
1: No, Coda did, and so did the other dog. Bonnie failed. Bonnie failed. Mhm. She was very fearful.
0: Okay. Um. Very quickly. Um. I've just got to go to the phone lines because um. Our dear friend has just popped in while he's at work and he's going to get into very big trouble. So I better go qu- yeah. very quickly get him in. Hi there, darling.
5: Hey. How are you guys? Hi, Hillary. Hi,
0: John. Hi, Howard.
3: Hey, Howie. Okay. On, guys.
5: Hey, hey, don't call optimistic. him that. <laughs> Hilary, you sound. Great. Hillary, you sound. You sound great for an amateur. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. Amateur, amateur is right. I am definitely an amateur. <laughs> and John,
3: John, are you behaving
1: today, sir? Uh I just got called out on one little thing, but
3: other We're than that, yesterday. We're pretty say
1: Howard. We <laughs> okay, only have a
3: few minutes, but
5: you know, I wanted to do my little rant. Um, you know, I just wanted to tell everyone that you know I'm 56 years old. And wow. You know, Wow, I know I'm an old an old fart. But you no know, you know, it's amazing you know, it's it's truly and this comes from my heart. It's truly amazing. You know, my mom always told me people come in and out of your lives at certain times for a reason. And I truly, truly cannot be more blessed to have all of you and certain other people in my life at this time. It means so much. And, you know, we get down and dirty, it gets pretty crazy, but I just wanna let everyone know how much I love all of you and how Sue has truly, truly brought us together, and it means so it much. Works. She's got her own fan club now, and um, it just comes from the bottom <laughs> of my heart. Truly, Likewise, uh, Howard. Yeah. You know, Bless him. You know, I think sometimes we lose perspective. You know, us, us, to quote the captain, we're all crazy. But, you know, <laughs> at the same time, you know, we all care about each other and love each other. And mm-hmm. by It's and called I passion.
1: Say, it's not called crazy.
5: Yes. yes. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, hey, listen, the captain used the crazy word, so. But, you know, like Hillary and I were saying today, you can agree to disagree, but the bottom line is we're there for the animals, and they know it, and we're all doing, we're all doing amazing stuff, and that's, and that's really what counts.
1: It doesn't really take a lot. I mean, people, somebody posted on my wall the other night that she's, you know, she's supporting us, but she doesn't feel like she's really doing anything. And I said, your support means the world. I mean, right. whatever anybody can do is good enough. Nobody has that to feel different. bad if they can't do more.
5: You know, something, you can be, you can go, you can, trans- I called John, he was transporting a dog today. You can go take a picture at the shelter of a senior or whatever, post it on your wall. Everyone, if everyone did the same thing, we wouldn't get anything accomplished.
0: You know, right. everyone,
5: right. you know everyone, everyone is a slice of the pizza, and to make a whole pie, everyone's got to do what they do. And, you know, I joke about it, but, I, but you know, I am proud to be a cheerleader. And exactly. you know, Hillary, you do what you, Hillary, you do what you do. John does what she does. But as I said, and then I'm going to go. I really feel that that in a special way, Sue really brought the team together. She really did.
1: Absolutely.
5: And I want to, I want to thank her so much. So big, massive hug, Sue.
0: Oh, you're a darling, aren't you? Thank you so much. Okay, oh, well, I call. feel like I need to bow now. <laughs> uh, well, you
5: know something, Sue. Take a bow, because you deserve it. As I said, right. I, don't see any, I don't see too many other stations offering for us like average folks to call in, and I mean that. And you have truly, truly, your name was in the paper this week. Your name's getting out there, and you do everything the right way. You've let people express their feelings. You don't slant people. You're just one of us, and that's, that's, that's why we all respect you and love you, Sue.
0: Mm-hmm. I just want to say to that, Howard, if everybody can send the links to the show to the press tomorrow morning or t- tomorrow, whenever, send it after the show, send both the links, and maybe we might be able to get it actually to the papers better. We got it to, wasn't it NewJersey.com or something? But, you know, let's yeah, send the I- whole story to them. Even if we sent all four links of all four shows that we did back-to-back, you know, over Memphis – Let's literally get the word out there even more. And if it means that we've got Jim Crosby's word in it and we've got Jeff's and we've got Okay, Mike Mike, Mike Fitzpatrick's as well. At the end of the day, let them see the whole story, not just one side. Let's get them to see it all.
5: That's right. And and one other yeah, thing John has more knowledge. Um on Monday Keisha will be appearing in court again. So right.
0: let's just oh, And
5: there's let's no just more talk.
0: there's
1: no more stalling after this. This is it.
5: Yeah. And I have this it on the, inside in for the
1: uh, this, every, in case anybody doesn't know, Keisha Curtis is the person who allegedly abused Patrick and starved him. She was his owner. That's a fact. So yes. uh, the have court to, case has been okay. getting dragged out for over a year now. So this month, yeah. this week, what day is it, Howard?
5: That's on Monday. It. it will be Monday. I believe the court time is, what, 9
3: o'clock,
0: John?
3: <clears throat> uh, that's when we're gathering. I believe the building opens at 8, but we don't expect anything is going to start actually happening until after 9 o'clock. And I know you John
0: want to... Sorry, John, are you actually having a meet-up there, are you?
3: Yes, we are.
0: Right, okay. okay and and where, where is the courtroom for there?
3: Oh, gosh, what's the address? I'm blanking 50-something. Let's see. Oh,
0: pull your know. pants up, John. Come on. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I it's, the Newark, uh, it's the
0: Newark.
5: It's the courthouse in Newark. I John, can't remember the name of the street. John, isn't it the Exis
0: County Courthouse?
3: Market mm. Street, 50 Market Street. That's right. A,
1: well, if, and, anybody
0: um, wants to, if anybody wants to catch up on all of those details, go to the Patrick Miracle page, and I'm sure John will be plastering all the links and everything you need over there. So, um, and a big hello to Patrick. And um, my darling Patrick, over our dead bodies, will anybody get away with that because it was totally sick right. and totally wrong, and we and are going to stand behind Patrick as much as we are behind members. Right. So come on, everybody, stand up straight, and let's stand up behind them all.
5: And John, what is the name of the event you have? John, what is the name of the event you have going?
3: The event is called Patrick's Day in Court Rally, Monday, 10-22-2012.
5: Okay, I have an event going which I've had ongoing since the beginning. It's called Go Green and Blue in Support of Patrick. So I'm asking all of my followers to please go over to John's page. He's asking people if they can to bring donations. He made specifically about the seniors. So I'm asking the entire Blue and Grow Army. Green Army, please go over to John and uh, Prayers for Patrick. That's Aim, aim buff Post page, and please, please support them. It's very, very important. John and Allison have worked very, very hard for this, and I would appreciate all my followers or all our followers going over to support John's page. It's very important right now.
3: And the link yeah. for it is at the, at the very near the top of the Patrick Miracle page, so it's very found. Okay, to okay well, guys. I'll,
0: I'll share the link onto that in a moment as well, so while you two are talking. Okay.
5: I have to get back to work, but I'll call in later, Sue. And John and Hillary, be well,
1: and
0: I'll talk
2: Thanks. to you guys
1: you later. Thank you, too, Howard. Don't worry too much. Take
0: later. care, Howard. Okay,
4: Jean
2: guys, Howard, be well. Talk
0: to you later, darling.
4: Okay.
0: Draw. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, he's a star. I had to let my this little, little peep like in. My I, think he'd got withd- <laughs> I think he'd got withdrawal symptoms, so I had to let him on with <laughs> him. <laughs> I said, how are we going to
1: do with without Howard?
0: What? Oh, it's all right. We're doing a follow-up show as well on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You know we couldn't leave him out. <laughs>
1: no, of course not.
0: <laughs> so um, just very quickly, just to let you know, both of those links are now on the chat, so I'll be trying to keep up with links on the chat as we're going through the show. So, Hilary, should we go back to where we were? Sorry about that. Oh, sure. Um, no, we no, were up pro- two- no problem. Um, yeah, so number, we're up three. To the- number three. Number three. Yeah, carry on.
1: Yeah, we were talking about... Uh, the dogs that went up to up to uh, Saint Hubert's prior to Memphis,
0: which That's right.
1: was inaccurately stated as two years ago by Mike Fitzpatrick. Okay, number three, states he doesn't know the in quotes precise. Now this is a quote from him. Concern of Kathleen uh, of Kathleen Georgevich was regarding what led her to be concerned about Memphis's temperament. Now this is a health officer who oversees the animal shelter and has the power to determine a dog's fate, life versus death, vice versa. He didn't think it was important to know exactly what her concern was about the dog. He was, to me, so nonchalant about it, to be honest. Uh, I don't, I just don't get that. You should know exactly what the concern is. You should. Uh, that's all I'll say. It just doesn't
0: even make uh, sense I must to admit, me. sorry, I There was a point when I asked him a question to him, and I asked him it, and, and it was you like, did, yeah. I don't know, you know, I have loads of dogs, and I'm thinking, yeah, but I'm not being funny. Not loads of dogs have got this public, you know, behind them like this. Are you telling me that all eight dogs that were there were having this sort of public following?
1: Right. And you asked him several times, what exactly did Memphis do to raise concern? I, and yes, he didn't have I an asked
0: answer. Him, was, I said how many times what the triggers yes,
1: were. He was talking in circles, but that's what they're famous for. So, um, let's see what what else. Okay, number four. There's only six points on here right now. It's um fine. States that we, in quotes, have tens of thousands of hours worth of experience with the animals, and in parentheses, in the shelter. Who is we? Kathleen Georgevich did not have anywhere near that amount of experience. In fact, she has no prior shelter and or. Shelter management experience, which is clearly documented in her resume, which was posted on the truth about the Bloomfield Health Department Facebook wall earlier this week. If anybody wants to take a look at it, it's her two page resume with the job description that was initially posted for the shelter manager, the civil service job description for a shelter manager. It's called manager of animal control facility. Um, Because she wasn't qualified for that or even nearly qualified for it, they hired her as something else, which is like kennel attendant supervisor or something. But she's not qualified for that either because that job entails two years of experience in an animal care environment, which she doesn't have. And if anybody wants to look at her resume on the first page, they'll notice at the very top, there's a job there at Banfield Pet Hospital with no dates, no start and stop date. But on every other job on the resume, there are start and end dates. So, and what I found interesting was the job prior to Banfield Pet Hospital was a sales position where she was at for quite a long time. So she's basically a salesperson, okay? Um, She was in Loveland, Ohio at that job. And now in 2010, in January, she left that position to go to Banfield Hospital, which is in Portland, Oregon. By July of that same year, she was in New Jersey living because there was an article written about her. That article is also posted on the Truth About the Bloomfield Health Department page. That all happened within seven months. She left the job in Ohio, went to Portland, Oregon, and then ended up in New Jersey by July. She was not at that pet hospital very long. And that would probably explain why there's no dates on that job on her resume. It's the only one on her resume without a start, start and stop date, so... Um, Number, let's see. Uh, Okay. So uh, as someone who doesn't uh, care to know what the precise concern about one of his old shelter dogs is, uh, where does this tens of thousands of hours of animal experience come from?
2: Hmm. Tens of
1: thousands of hours is quite a statement. But you don't even care enough? With all that experience, that would tell you if somebody actually did have that much experience. That you need to yes. know the precise concern about your animals if if it's being brought to your attention. Again, doesn't yeah, but, make sense.
0: But the other side of that coin is it's like me trying to do a show and not knowing enough information or at least not asking other people that did know the information. So if, if he had plenty of time to know that this show was coming on. So why didn't he ask about the information rather than just coming on without it?
1: It's not important to him or them. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to be snarky. This is how it is. Yeah. They just go about their business, and they operate the way they see fit. It doesn't matter what anybody says or does. Yeah. It's not important. It's not important what Memphis did. Apparently, I mean, he basically stated that during the show, right? He
0: didn't know, mm-hmm.
1: and he didn't think it was a big deal that he didn't know. <clears throat> Excuse me. It wasn't a concern to him, right? That's what he said, so.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, number five. Okay, sorry.
1: States that oh, you want to, are you, no, do you have something else?
0: No, carry on, darling.
1: Oh, okay. Number five states that they, in parentheses, give the dogs time to adjust before making a definite decision about their temperament, Uh, that they did this with Memphis. Who is they? Then contradicts himself by stating that Georgevich had Memphis in her office modifying his behavior with positive reinforcement, but then still determined he was a, a, a problem. So her training didn't work? Why? Isn't she a professional with over a decade of dog training experience? And then he further contradicts himself by then saying she did this after the evaluation, when he just stated she was doing this prior to the evaluation, and that is what led them to determining that Memphis should be evaluated. She had done all this training with him, and it wasn't working, so he needed to be evaluated, right? But that's not what he said in the next breath. In the next breath, he said she did that after the evaluation, okay? It just It's contradictions. This is another thing they're famous for. Um, Number six, this is the last point because This is as far as we got Uh, States, they have to assess what might occur Including a clamping bite Again, who is they? And so we are apparently to believe That George Vist spent all that time with Memphis And did he ever bite her? No Did he ever even attempt to bite her? No Did he ever attempt to bite anyone? No Hmm. Exactly they don't even know what a dangerous dog is. A dangerous dog, in my experience, from what I know, and I'm not a professional trainer. I have trained my own dogs. I have learned a lot from my friends who are special uh, professional trainers, like Jeff. A, a, a dangerous dog is a dog that goes to red zone and can't be recalled. You know, it can't can't be brought back down to a normal behavioral level. That's a that's a red zone dog. That's a that's that's a dangerous situation. That is not what Memphis is.
0: Yeah. Exactly. He's uh, not even he close to that. that.
1: Yeah, and he's not even close to that. Well, Mike's t- twisted a lot of what Jim put in his evaluation during the show last week.
2: Oh, absolutely. To their
1: benefit. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he doesn't exactly. understand irrelevant. dog behavior. He doesn't understand dog... I don't even think... I don't think he cares, to be honest with you. That's I my opinion. I not that he knows
3: which end is which.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, he told me... When I had a face-to-face conversation with him, I don't know, maybe it was probably the first time I met him, um, that when he had dogs, they were kept outside. So I don't know how he, you know, I I think did somebody, did he say that? He's had dogs all his lives during that interview and now with his current family as well. I don't know where he keeps those dogs. I I wasn't aware that he had dogs.
0: Good grief. Well, um, I just need to go to phones because I think my other uh, lovely friends just come in here somewhere. I hope I've got the right phone number now. Uh, Joe, hi. Hey,
6: guys. How are you?
0: Hi, Joe. Hello, my darling. How are you?
6: I'm hanging in there. How how, how are we <laughs> doing so far tonight?
0: Very
1: calm. <laughs> well,
0: i I tell you what. To, <laughs> I contrary do you to, to what's super predicted. To be honest.
1: <laughs> it's only half an hour in now, so... <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, I give them chill pills, Joe, but don't tell them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she sent well, them
1: through the phone line.
6: Uh, since, <laughs> since you guys brought me in this conversation, because I was at the Board of Health meeting the other night, I don't know if you right. guys talked about it yet. Um, nope, we're waiting from, for you. Aside aside from the paperwork that I gave them, one of the big issues that I had is um, Jeff Wentz, obviously, yeah, they wanted to accept Fitzpatrick as, Fitzpatrick's offer of taking all the dogs. And then he got on his knees, you know, basically, you know, obviously upset, obviously very serious, and basically begging them to give him the dogs, and they turned it into a joke. The vice president of the board looked at him and just said, well, you know, I'm already married. I didn't think that was funny. That upset mm. me on a lot of levels. saying, so, you know, that's not kind of the kind of conduct.
1: That's not even you know, professional.
6: No but that's their attitude with this whole thing, which is mm-hmm. Um, The other thing that I wanted to let you guys know is I love bringing paperwork down because I love paper and, you know, I like tangible things to talk about. Um, I brought them the job descriptions given by the state of New Jersey for animal attendant versus shelter manager. And the VP told me that they do not have to, he basically told me, I don't remember what it was, word for word, that they don't have to follow New Jersey job descriptions, which makes no sense to me. And these are the, the, uh, the, the services. It's called civil service in New Jersey. So if you're a municipality, whatever job you hire, they are the ones that make the job descriptions and check to make sure you're hiring the right people and so on and so forth. Um, so that kind of bothered me. I don't know who the hell they think they are.
1: They think they're untouchable. Them, That's who they think they are.
6: Well, you can't tell <laughs> our state that we're going to hire whoever we want to hire, however we're going to hire. It doesn't work that way. Well. Oh. Hmm. You know, it's Not in, a, not it, not in it an ethical
1: a, world. It doesn't work that way in an ethical world. We're not talking about an ethical environment when you're talking yeah. about
6: the Bloomfield Health Department. And what I'm afraid of right now is there are four dogs on Pet Finder at the shelter who are all pits who have been labeled... Um, they can only be adopted by people who don't have cats, don't have dogs, don't have kids. Mm-hmm. Or now the animal attendant supervisor, who they're calling a shelter manager, she's the one that made this assessment. If she made a yeah. mistake, and I brought it up at the meeting that night, if she made a mistake, she cut three-quarters of the population out for adopting
1: these oh. dogs. Well, I just think it's further evidence that she doesn't know how to assess a dog properly. She stated right in front of me at my media committee meeting when I was still the chairperson, that she has no bully breed pit bull experience. Her forte is German Shepherds. That's what she said. She has no pit bull experience.
6: Did she, did she so, said and then if if,
1: you, if she's even the slightest bit afraid of pit bulls, I don't know if she is or not, that can change somebody's mindset completely. And then again, you know, there's the lack of experience. Yes. Overall. I, you don't know how to judge a dog's behavior properly. You don't have any shelter experience. You don't know what these dogs go through. We don't know where they've been before they come in half the time because they're strays. Now they're in a stressful environment on top of it. She's making it more stressful. And I know for a fact that one of the dogs that was that is currently labeled, you know, with all these restrictions, didn't have any restrictions for a very long time. And now he does. So I think I mentioned this last weekend, it's just a result of what they're going through. And she's the cause of it. I'm sorry. The manager should be accountable for the way the shelter is run. Whether she is titled that on paper or not, she refers to herself as the manager. The health department refers to herself as she is the manager.
6: Well, technically, if you want to look at technicalities, the ACOs should actually be running the shelter right now because she doesn't have the certification that they do. These are people who have certification from the state as There's, animal control officers.
1: The ACOs so, used to run the shelter, and it was a wonderful place to be. When, well, was it, it perfect? Did. No. But no place is perfect. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't spotless. It was, you know, I don't expect an animal shelter to be spotless anything. That's Kathleen's thing. She likes everything to be spotless. You know, the ACOs ran the shelter. The dogs were happy. The adoptions were flowing. The volunteers were there. There was no real big issues. They didn't, the health department, they're both basically, one's fired, you know, now, so. And there's I don't think there's anybody qualified there to run the shelter. The ACO that's there now, I don't know the one that's just been hired, but the one that was there prior to Moira being let go had just gotten out of ACO school. So how much experience do we have?
0: Can can I just read what's on the chat? I've got Karen Bander who's put, wasn't the VP of the Board of Health, it was Joel Elkins, one of the members married to a vet who once again is Karen Law's cheerleader, loves Kathleen. And she's put, what about the cats? There are three rooms of cats of which have been there over a year. Kathleen is part-time and works less than 30 hours a week and the volunteers were happy.
2: The yeah.
6: I mean, the other thing, Hillary, you can talk about this before all this crazy stuff happened, especially in March when everybody got booted, the volunteers used to have an adoption committee. So if you would adopt a dog, they had a process. They had a volunteer trainer who was fantastic, who I have met Mm -hmm. and who actually worked with me when we adopted our dog.
1: Right. He's a good friend of mine.
6: And, you know, the adoption committee, they would be like, okay, we have this dog does he have issues, does he not, what kind of home would be good for this dog? And then they would review the applications. They would do a home check. They would do an interview. And then a couple of weeks later they would do a follow-up to see how Well, there was a lot of reference
1: checking uh, beforehand as well.
2: Yeah.
6: Reference checking.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was on the adoption committee. Um, Personal reference checks, vet check. And, you know, flags used to go up if they hadn't brought their dogs in for a checkup or, you know, they didn't get all their boosters as initially when they first got the dog, things like that, the rabies wasn't up to, up to um, it had expired or, or whatever. You know, we would bring it to their attention, and, and based on what they responded, you know, we would move forward or not. Then there was a home check, and it was important because even the best of adopters don't know that, you know, you have all these wires hanging down on the floor or you've got this big gap in your gate or, you know, in your fence so i'm like i'm it was necessary and it gives it gives you a peace of mind in a sense too you know where the dog is going you know what i mean you know the type of environment they're going to be living in there's no home checks anymore i don't think there's follow ups um there were follow ups when, when the adoption committee was in place and most of those members had been doing it for years and years and years i was on it for a short time because we got the responsibility taken away from us uh last winter so um you know it was it was um time consuming believe me because like in two weeks we had eight dogs go home and some cats i see they didn't have the same people doing cats than than they had dogs so i can't speak really too much about the cats the, the process i think it was the same um but you oh, know, you we, know got lo- we got a lot we got a lot of dogs tur- there was like a two-day turnaround on some of those dogs
6: Do you know the reason why they they, uh, stopped you guys or why they got rid of the adoption committee? What reason did they give you?
1: It started with the manager before Kathleen, and I I don't even really know what the reason was. Mike had complained that they weren't getting done quick enough, and like I said, during that time, during that specific time specifically, that's when we were doing like two-day turnarounds. I was out of work. The other woman that... Um, was on the Adoption Committee for years and years. She has a very busy life, but she's retired. So, you know, we had the time to get it done. But what what the health department doesn't seem to want to get through their heads is that we don't work for them. This is all done for free in our spare time. So our spare time was taken up by donating it to these animals. Who are they to tell any volunteer they're not doing something fast enough? When they want to pay people to do this, it'll get done faster. Well, mm. I, it, I, I, I hate to
6: say this, but I think dogs are getting adopted a heck of a lot faster when the volunteers were there than they are right now.
1: Oh, they absolutely are. And to be I honest mean, with you, going back to the cats, here's a perfect example of the lack of qualifications of this current manager. It was the open house. A cat was adopted. Actually, quite a few cats were adopted that day. One cat went out and came back in ten minutes. Kathleen walked past me. I was in the dog kennel area. Kathleen walked past me with the cat in the very kennel with this, this you know, just horrendous look on her face, and I said, what ha- is that Hopi? What happened? I think the cat's name was Hopi. Karen can confirm that, Karen Banda. And she just shook her head and wouldn't say it, tell me what happened and went in the back, put the cat back, and that was the end of it. But that's how she is, very non-communicative. That was a big problem while she was there and the volunteers were there. That's not how you operate. You should have a line of communication, especially when we're working on adoptions and we don't know why this cat came back. Now, we'll come to find out. The woman was sent home with the cat with no instructions. She had another cat at home. Now, anybody who's adopted an animal that has another animal in the house, if they don't know, they're usually told at the shelter or by the rescue or whoever how to integrate the animals. They need time. They need space. Her cat, this woman's cat, hissed at our cat. And that was enough for her to say, this isn't going to work and bring the cat back. Did Kathleen try to have a conversation with her about it and rectify the situation? No. The cat was back at the shelter, and that was the end of it. That's not the way you manage a shelter. That's not what the volunteers would have done. I didn't even know what was going on until after the fact.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: she's mismatching the dogs with people that they're just not a good match for. We were very good at that. We were very good at matching dogs with the right people because we took our time to make sure that it was a good match.
4: We
2: spoke to people. This
1: dog has got a high energy level. Are you going to have time to get him out there and play and walk him? And If not, maybe this dog would be better for you. You know what I mean?
6: Um, I can can definitely tell you from my experience, because I adopted my first dog six years ago from the shelter, was, it, uh, it was immediately explained to me because he was dog crisp. So it was, that was immediately explained to me. I was made aware of it and everything else, and I I had the time, and so did my wife, to work with him. So we already knew all that before he came home. Right, and you should so, Yeah, but we, we knew everything about him before he came home. The The big thing for us is he was very cat-friendly because we had three cats. Mm-hmm. Um, And we, the the trainer who was used to be at the shelter, actually had a process to, you know, keep the cat safe but to judge a dog's reaction. What he would do is you would bring your cat down in your carrier, put the carrier down, and this all happened outside the shelter, you know, uh, uh, maybe like a couple hundred feet away in the parking Mm -hmm. lot, and he would walk the dog a certain distance away and see how the dog reacted. Did the dog cue on the cat? Was the dog interested in the cat? What happened?
1: But yeah, that was I mean, another great thing about the adoption process, not to interrupt you, but I didn't mean to leave Ted out of it. He would go to the people's house. He would work with them. He would, you know, he, there was always an intro at the shelter before they took the animal home. And he did this. He for spent afraid. a lot, he put a lot of time, yes, and now his business is booming because he has time to actually do his own business, you know. He spent a lot of time at that shelter. I mean, he would... You All you had to do was call him, or a client had a call and they had a problem and he was there or they had a question or, can you show me how to do this? And he would d- make time to to be there. He would go out of his way. I
0: mean, and, and the thing is, you when they've been into rescue, cat or dog, you never know what they're going to be like when they get in a home situation. Of all the checks you do at kennels or a Rescue, it can always be different when you get home.
1: Well, yeah, but the home check is valuable because, like I said, we had sent a dog home last year. We went to do the home check. There was a huge gap in the fence. The dog would have been gone the first day.
0: They didn't realize. You know, it was Christmas
1: time and another home check I did, and there were wires everywhere. This was a younger Mm -hmm. dog that was probably going to have a tendency to chew on stuff until she was trained. They didn't know that they were excellent owners they are exceptional owners now i mean the dog is thriving with them but those kinds of things are are valuable and
0: yeah exactly
1: at least you know the dog is not going to be outside this isn't you know you you know the other thing we took into into consideration too is how much room do you have do you have enough room for this animal is this is this a good sized animal for your environment you know what i mean there was a lot of things that were taken into consideration we wanted to make the best match so the animal did not come back and they would thrive in their new environment and oh, most of the charming. people would come back and say you guys told me this dog had so much energy but he's so calm you know most of it was they, they would go into the adoptive environment and be better
0: yes they're not stressed yes. out
1: anymore they're not in this stressful environment
0: I just need you know no to matter, matter how well
1: the shelters run it's still it's still stressful to some extent
0: Exactly, exactly. Karen's just put in the chat, Hopi is the cat who came right back in.
1: Okay,
0: Uh, that was her. Hopi didn't get along with the resident cat. No one told her how to handle the intro, and we also reinforced how to do it. I asked about Hopi on the official cat, uh, on the official cat, where that came from. I asked about Hopi on the official Facebook page and was banned from posting ever again. We always told people animals are different once in a home than they were in the shelter
1: that was part of you know there was a huge cat crew who were exceptional with these cats i mean they spent a lot of time coaxing the shy cats you know and getting them to to be more um you know ha- not not be afraid not they were like i can't think right now i'm sorry i have like took some sinus pills You know, there's a lot of cats that will come in. A lot of the animals are scared when they come in initially anyway, cats and dogs. But, you know, some of the cats were a little more withdrawn than others, and the volunteers, these cat volunteers, would spend so much time with them. And, and, you know, the fear would diminish uh, to the point where they became exceptional pets. You know, that's necessary for these kinds of animals. Yeah. I mean, and the staff John that's down there now is too? so limited, they don't have time to do that. What? Is, is John in, on this chat
6: today, too, from the Patrick Marigold? Yes, Board? I am. John, I really want to ask you a question, because, you know, aside from doing all this research and stuff, in your experience, it, it's just normally, at least as far as I've known with the shelters that I've gone to over my life, shelter managers tend to have a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge. If you don't have a person in that position with that kind of experience and knowledge, can you maybe talk about what kind of downfall or what we're looking at here? Like what what what's the hole with this situation?
3: Oh wow. Um well I'm I'm not normally uh involved with shelters directly, but um, you yeah. know, just generally speaking, um, it's 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 akin to uh how do you want your car fixed? Do you want a guy that's been doing it for 30 years? Or do you want somebody straight out of OTEC that's got, you know, maybe got a certification on a piece of paper but, you know, has maybe repaired six cars? Um, You know, you need somebody in there who's got the hands-on, who's got the knowledge and is going to put forth the effort to understand the animals that they've got under their care and make reasonable and informed decisions. And when you've got somebody who is just, you know, learning on the job, there's a, there's a lot of time to make mistakes until you're uh, an actual pro. And yeah, what I'm concerned
6: about is the four dogs that are down there right
3: now that I, I'm i
6: wondering have they been mislabeled? Are oh, they I, actually. I,
1: I would venture I, to guess
2: I, yes.
3: <laughs> yes, I, I would agree.
2: Mm.
3: I, I would agree. That's they're a big problem for to me. The, inex- the inexperienced pro people are not going to recognize a different smile. They're going to call that snarling, put it on a piece of paper, and have Fitzpatrick run around repeating that over and over. Yeah. Um, because he has no idea what a different smile is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that goes for just about everything. You know, ev- everything that they point to and say she just means he's aggressive does not necessarily mean he's aggressive. A dog can simply be defensive or reactive. And, and the no a lot thing.
1: <clears throat> excuse me, go
3: ahead. You know, yeah. It takes a long time to recognize the subtle differences in things. A dog bearing their teeth is not necessarily a threat. Do you think right, that's and dogs also they're...
1: growl for various reasons. My dogs growl like crazy when they're playing. Absolutely. I was on the phone with somebody earlier, and, they, and she said, well, who's fighting? And I said, they're playing.
3: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> my, my neighbor has exactly the... a dog He's a young pit. He's a year and a half old. And um, on weekends, their family's daughter comes back to visit and brings her own pit. And the two of them are out in the backyard, and it sounds like a bloodbath. And you go out mm-hmm. there, and the tails are wagging, the ears are up, and they're just rolling all over each other. But they sound right. like they're tearing each other to pieces, and they're having
0: a yeah. blast.
1: Right, exactly. <laughs>
0: and this is the thing. This is what I said to him about, you know, when I rehomed Miracle. Miracle's a Rottweiler, and the thing is with her, you can play fight with her. And if you heard how she plays, the growling, you'd have thought she'd rip my arm off. But it's not, and it's like people Mm -hmm. even use the word or the expression to me that Rottweiler's purr. And it's literally because they literally, I mean, I whisper in her ear, this is my party trick miracle. (laughs) I whisper in her ear and I say, what's wrong with you whinging old man? (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm sure that if Miracle ended up going into their shelter, that she'd definitely be needing one of them checks straight away because they certainly wouldn't be trusting her.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, time, I would just ask, like to, to put the shelter
0: that she, she's beautiful. She's so good with the kids. She's of of course protective of the family, but she's so good with all of the kids and everything. I mean, they like she lies on our bed. She's not spoiled much. Right. Do you know what I mean? She's got the cats that curl up in their legs. And everything. yeah, do you that's what I mean? a good
1: point. You know, because a lot of times at the shelter, if somebody's walking a dog and they get alerted to squirrels, even if they try to pull, if they're pulling on the, le- that doesn't mean they're not going to like cats. Because exactly. I have dogs that, that were not supposed to be around cats, and they live with cats. They live with a cat. The mm-hmm. cat loves his dogs. The cat can never have enough pitbulls. You it know, doesn't. it's not It's not necessarily it, – you can't make a determination like that. You just can't. It's not – it's like apples and oranges.
0: And, well, you know, and one thing I would
1: just like to to say before I forget, and I'm sorry if anybody – if I'm interrupting anybody, but, you know, this situation overall is bad for everyone. It's bad for the – the staff there the health department whoever i'm sure they're stressed about this as well even though they brought it on themselves it's bad for us because we care so much about the animals and what we would love to have had a manager come in there that was going to do a good job because really that's all that matters in the scheme of things because they have control the main control over the animals it's unfortunate that that is not what happened you know, it's not like everybody said, oh, my God, we're going to hate this person, whoever it is. That's not what happens.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: I hate to you know, say so this, but hell- when they were, when they, uh, I, I, as far as my knowledge goes, when they were actually hiring out this position, there was a person who is qualified, has certifications, who did put his resume in, but because they, I think it's because they just don't like this particular person that they decided not
3: to hire, which is unfortunate. Oh, I can't believe they made anything personal. Oh, I talking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I knew I the sarcasm would have to I, come in at some point. <laughs>
3: Sir, yeah. Sue, I never get to use this word, poppycock. <laughs> now, now here's, no, here's, here's, I think we should. <laughs> if if
6: you're, John, if you're hiring a job, and let's say it's for dog care because this is a shelter, you get two resumes. And you have one over here, this particular gentleman has ACO certifications, all this stuff, been doing it for 10 years, blah, blah, blah.
2: And you have another
6: one over here with a lady who has no experience whatsoever except for a couple of behavioral training courses, who are you going to hire? The
1: person that's going to do what they want, that's who they hire.
6: Right, but I and mean, well, as hired. a reasonable person, as a reasonable person, you would hire the person with the certifications and the Right, experience. but
1: you're not talking about reasonable people. Reasonable people. You know, right. I you said this to somebody recently. Uh, it was a trainer uh, who couldn't understand why they were doing and behaving the way they are. And I said, you know, you work with unbalanced dogs every day. These are unbalanced people. There's no rhyme or reason to it. It's just the way it is. It's just that black and white. Who do we
3: have to send these people to to have them labeled dangerous people? That's true. That's a good question.
0: I could think of some words and and names for them, but, yeah, carry on. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So So from somebody who's sitting on the outside in the U.K. who doesn't know your rules and regulations overly well, I own up to that fact, but very good at ranting, Um, (laughs) who is actually then above, i.e., Fitzpatrick and all of them?
2: I need to suddenly
0: have this family tree Because I just don't seem to be getting to this family tree Because who You're going to like this Who is the daddy when it comes to Who's actually going to make that final say So let's just wipe Fitzpatrick and Karen Law Out of the equation Who is above them Who actually should we be stalking to say Hold on a minute We don't think this is quite right You know they don't pay their own wages So who pays their wages
6: See, the board of health would be in charge of them at that particular point. Unfortunately,
0: right. so who's the who top the person in the board of, of health?
6: I'm sorry, so you say that again?
0: Who's the, the top the, person of the board
1: of <coughs> health? Sorry, sorry.
6: Uh, you, there is a president, but you have to realize that they they operate as a unit. They meet once a month to discuss items because they're only supposed they're only supposed to discuss them publicly. So they're not supposed to call each other after the meetings and talk about it or any, or any of that stuff. It's supposed to be in a public arena. um The problem is they only meet once a month, so it's a slow process to get them to do anything the other the The other avenue would be to go to the state Department of health and with these issues that would be the other available avenue.
0: Because yeah, I'm not being funny. The... I'm just sat here thinking. Hold on a minute. We're not. We're not. If you're not going to get any joy out of those, and I'm probably stating the absolute obvious here. But why are we messing about with two that, in in your lot's opinion, is not good enough and they're not doing their job and everything? Well, that's like me saying my doctor's not very good. He didn't pick up with this, that, and the other. And so what? I can't tell anybody higher. He's just allowed to keep on. Reality check. No, I don't think so. Well, see the problem
6: well, unfortunately... is you're not going
3: to. Uh, I'm sorry, John, go ahead. Uh, Well, according to what we're hearing from Bloomfield, the Board of Health, with the health department subservient to them, are are an autonomous group. There they go. They're playing again. Um, (laughs) Who lost an arm? Um, (laughs) Bloomfield, the the, the Board of Health is autonomous unto itself. Um, The only thing that's outside of their purview, so to speak, is the hiring and firing of the people on that board that is done by the town council. Now, what's the strange to me is there. they don't report they don't report to the town council. They don't have to uh, give in to the town council on any demand that the town council were to make, supposedly. Yet the town council does hold hiring and firing over their head. So how I how it is that they're not able to bring this to a same conclusion to the town council is beyond me. Well, the town council,
6: when it was brought up, they did not want to remove board members. There's something in Jersey called the Bocchler Clause. That clause states with a two-thirds majority vote, you can remove a board member. You can also appoint a board member that way. So, you know, if the town council really heard us and really wanted to do something, they could have enacted that and said, okay, you're being unreasonable. We need to find someone else for your position.
2: Right,
3: so that, that so, again. so everything we've heard so, from the board from the town council then has really been just lip service. Yeah, unfortunately.
0: Um Joe, can I nick your word?
3: Mm. Say answer.
0: <laughs> yeah.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, well I'm gonna loads of beeswax. That so the thing is though I just think we're fighting these two and I'm going to say two okay the whole of them at Bloomfield, but why why not just step up further? I just think we're playing tiddlywinks with them when well, you could play badminton or squash as the case may be with somebody higher.
6: You'd have to go to the state of New Jersey Department of Health. That's the uh, the avenue you would have to go to, or possibly someone in the county of Essex, if you wanted to try. You know the very next level. um, I don't know if you can get in touch with the county administrator and ask them to look into it. Oh, my
0: darling, I will get the emails and the phone numbers of every single bloody one of them, even if I have to do a six-hour show. I'm not being funny, but it's sort of really getting on my nerves, to say the least, that we just seem to be getting palmed off. And and Mike Mike Fitzpatrick, if you are listening, yes, you're right. You did twist yourself up. Oh, no, sorry you blamed me and I twisted you, but you tripped yourself up but at the end of the day we did give you a chance and I'm a bit annoyed with you by the fact that I have found different parts and admittedly with Hillary's help that you actually lied to me and the one part I hate on the Asu show is liars I have not got a problem with people who've had a problem and they've had to tell a little white lie you to, to be fair that's fine but at the end of the day I can't be doing with liars if you'd have just told me the truth and explained it I would have been fine with that at the end of the day, we all get put in a position that we can't help. But let's Two, put it mean, another going, way. Along,
6: going along those lines what upset me the most. Is they they had Jim come down, Jim Crosby, to do the evaluation, and they picked and chose pieces of what he said and twisted it for their own uses. I think that's insulting to Mister Crosby, and I don't think right. it's fair right. to the public because you're not being honest with the public.
0: Well, I tell you what. Can I stop you just there? Then I will literally. Um, uh, yes, and I've noticed, Pat, I, I can, and John, the fact you'll say you'll poke me is a bit concerning, but we'll move swiftly on about that. Um, can I just <laughs> say that I will just have a little song, because I've got to get jo- um, Jim Crosby on the show, and I think we need to fetch him on to, to let him have his say on what he actually thinks, okay?
6: Okay, that, that would be that fantastic. Okay?
0: Yeah. Okay, I'll be back in just a couple of minutes, everybody. So get your cup of teas or your little drinks to the side. Have a little drink. And we'll be back in just a couple of minutes.
4: I sit and wait There's an angel contemplate my face. And I feel the love is dead I'm loving angels instead And through it, oh Thank you.
0: Sue show I've just got to say a big hello to everybody that's in the chat I um, hope everybody's all okay um, the question to Jeff yes you can in a, in a moment we've just got obviously we're going to be having the wonderful Jim Crosby who I can not actually say is waiting on the line to join us I'll just bring back hopefully the right num- phone numbers on here I've got a feeling I'm going to mess this up here because there's so many people calling in now uh, so hopefully we shall have Hillary hi Hillary Hello, Hilary.
1: Um, can you hear me?
0: Yes, I can hear you. Right. Okay. I, I had I the phone John? on
1: mute when the dog started barking. Did you? I hope you all didn't hear <laughs> hear the ruckus.
0: <laughs> right. Have we got John on the line? You do. Right, and I think I might have. Hopefully, I've got Joe with the right one here. And is this Joe on the line? Hi, guys. Oh, that's thank goodness for that. I've got all these numbers, and I thought I'm going to end up with everybody and everybody on. So. Let's go on to where we were just talking and let's welcome the wonderful Jim Crosby on the show. Hi, Jim, how are you doing?
7: I'm fine, Sue. How are you?
0: Well, I've got about a billion questions to ask you. Um have you got enough time?
3: <laughs> sure. The answer is forty two. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it, I won. <laughs>
0: Uh, I'll just be war- warn you now um, we've got Hilary and John and Joe in the background, who are going to listen in and then once we get to the end of the questions they can chuck all their questions in for you as well is that alright guys?
2: Yes, absolutely Sounds I'm good sure to me. We,
0: might have the- we might have the odd interruption Jim when they think of something that's very important ok? <laughs> that's fine So Jim, firstly I need to ask you how are you getting on and have you been busy since all of everything that's been going on?
7: Oh, yeah, um, I'm doing fine. Um, since going up to uh, Meet Memphis, um, I've been from Texas to Alabama to, um, where was I, South Georgia and several other places uh, on cases. Uh, one was an evaluation and two others were fatal attacks. I'm sorry, three others were fatal attacks on on people by dogs. And other than that, I've uh, been rocking along, uh, getting my act together. Um, in two weeks, I'm going to be in beautiful Denver, Colorado, with uh, my friend Victoria Stillwell speaking about uh, dog aggression and dog bites and so forth.
1: So, yeah. Oh,
0: interesting. You, you must um, actually give Victoria my number and tell her to come on the show. Sure.
1: That would be great. I'd
0: love to speak to her. That would be another one, good, good little mark in the book. And I know a lot of people obviously follow Victoria, so that's brilliant. So yeah. so where exactly um, – Oh, it's all right. I'm trying to read the chat as well as talk. It's not a good thing. Um, right. Let me just think My own. Don't you
7: don't chewing, chewing gum, too.
0: <laughs> I know. Don't even start. Um, right. So, so let's start with um, what – is your first what was given to your first thoughts um about memphis what were you told um your first sort of explanation of memphis before you meet, met him
7: well actually the first contact i got was from jeff and uh jeff had mentioned that that there was this issue with the dog that that had some issues uh, reportedly that um you know they he wanted to uh Work with and adopt, and that uh, he was originally asking if I would come up there and evaluate the dog and and I told him absolutely would um, but uh then I was contacted by the township and uh um, I'm sorry, I got distracted I was contacted by the township, and they asked me to come up because I was acceptable to both sides to to look at Memphis and to figure out um you know, what I saw in the dog. I don't know who
4: that
7: is. I mean, Parker, I'm sorry, I got distracted. Um, and, anyway, we're back on track. My wife was just waving something at me and needed an answer. And, you know, when um, the the she who must be obeyed says something, one has to respond. Um, <laughs> say hello oh, to
0: your absolutely. lovely wife as well. <laughs> uh,
7: anyway, um, so, I, you know, I was contacted by both sides to come up. And give my opinion on Memphis's behavior and his likelihood of being able to be be placed. So that's how I got wrapped into it. So I said initially I was contacted by Jeff, and then the town got in touch with me, and they were both, you know, both agreed on it. So that's that's how we wound up there.
0: Okay, and so what do you want to explain, sort of what you went with with um, Memphis? You know, tell us how it all worked and what happened.
7: Well, I went up there and first met him in the kennel and uh had talked to the the, the town the town township people there uh Mike Fitzgerald and Karen Lori and uh Kathleen uh, I don't remember her last name that runs the uh that's over the shelter and explained what I wanted to do and I had also made contact with Pia Silvani, who is the trainer and behavior person up in the area there that they had previously had evaluate Memphis, and I explained to her what I was doing I, on the phone before I got up there and asked her if she would come and watch also because I wanted to make sure that, and, and that's why I also videotaped it, I wanted to make sure that what I was seeing was what I was actually seeing and I wasn't imputing good or bad on either way to the dog's behavior. So I'll, and I also found out from her what she had done as far as her testing him. So I wanted to to duplicate it to see whether, you know, you've got to see with a dog whether the results are specific to an individual or whether these are generalized results to various people because that is part of how you're going to assess it. I mean, dogs don't like people sometimes individually. Um, You know, my, my dogs have been friendly for years, but there was a fellow that came by one day that one of my dogs just absolutely disliked, and I actually took the dog's observations to heart because the dog was probably assessing him better than I was. So I I wanted to make sure that we had the the test set up so that um, we could rule out whether it was just the person involved in the previous test. So anyway, um, went up there to set it up and um, uh, understand when, when I go and test a dog, I'm, not, I'm trying to elicit the worst behavior possible that that dog is going to throw at me because that's what I'm looking to figure out how bad a situation can get. Uh, I'm not interested in seeing a dog that you know sits and stays and downs and whatever. I want to know what the worst we can expect from a dog is because that way I can say, okay, at the very worst, This is what I see when we deliberately try to provoke the bad behavior that might be there. And then, of course, everything else is is gravy. Um, So went in, set up the test, met Memphis uh, in his kennel. He was a sweetheart. Um, Got to know him there at his kennel, uh, very readily accepting of my presence and uh, interaction with me. Came up and sought interaction with me. Took him up and ran him through the test. And um, found that he has, as was observed before, to, I'm not, the word trigger has been thrown around, and I, it's, it's not really accurate, the way it's being used. I wasn't looking for triggers, because this is not a dog that has ever bitten anyone. It's never, Memphis has never attacked anyone, has never bitten anyone, has never gone off on anyone. What I was looking for was um, those behaviors that had been identified as needing improvement. Um, And they were specifically his reaction to strangers and his reactions with other dogs that were giving him um, negative feedback first. So see how he reacted, which is why we did the weird stranger thing. You know, I want to see... Set the dog up to give me its worst behavior, and Memphis's worst behavior was to bark and lunge and um, give an aggressive display. He didn't bite me or anybody else, and that was fully provoked behavior. His his worst behavior with the other dogs, when provoked, was also to give that kind of aggressive display back to them. Now the non confrontational dog that we brought in during the test, Memphis had no negative reaction to at all. Uh, just like the non-confrontational normal person that walked in, said hello, and walked out. Memphis sat there, watched them, and, and had absolutely no problem with him. So, uh, non-provoked, Memphis had very stable, normal behavior. Provoked, he had behavior that... Um, could be better, but it wasn't. It wasn't you know horrible behavior, and it was not unexpected behavior. Um, a lot of dogs will respond at least somewhat defensively when confronted by a stranger, and there's lots of dogs will respond defensively if they've got a dog barking, barking and lunging and snarling and snapping at them from the other side of a kennel. That doesn't fail a dog. That just tells me where that dog needs. Needs, needs to have an owner that's aware of the situation and needs to perhaps have some work on those situations because in the real world you can't control whether some weird-looking person is not going to come up stumbling up in front of your dog somewhere and you want to know what his reactions are going to be and you'd really like to have him so that you can say, sit, and have him under control so that you don't get in a situation where somebody who really provoked a confrontation winds up getting hurt and then blaming you, especially if you have one of the targeted breeds that people tend to blame. So, um, so that, that, was, that was what we did. I uh, did the test with him, found that he had the um, reactions that had been seen before, but I also have to add, and I put it in my report and mentioned it at the, at, during the meeting, Pia had evaluated Memphis twice, about a month or so apart. The second time she evaluated, she observed and noted some improvements in his behavior. For instance, she said that when the scary stranger with the hoodie or whatever he was wearing at that time came in, Memphis took about three and a half, four minutes to recover from the the confrontation. And that recovery is important because it tells you how stable a dog is. When I did the same thing, he only took 45 seconds to recover, which means that's a huge improvement. And she says yes. that her second evaluation, his recovery was quicker than his first evaluation. So here we have a dog that, in three separate evaluations, has actually quantitatively improved. His recovery time is less than it was the last time he was tested, which to me is very important. It shows me that this dog is is recoverable and um is responding to, to what's going on. So um we finished that up and uh that night uh managed to do there was the town meeting and got them to set up the video equipment and stood up and, and tried to walk everybody in the meeting through using the video and showing them here and here and here and Jeff was there and um so there was there was you know nobody would have any any concerns that uh, there was anything going on you know behind anyone's back i wanted everyone to see exactly yeah. the behaviors and to be able to explain it so it wasn't just my opinion of what i saw but we had you know describable visual records of exactly what the interaction was and what the problem behaviors were and also, Memphis's reaction to being <clears throat> redirected from those problem behaviors. Um, like with, the, with the, the, the part that I did with the dogs in the kennels, how quickly he turned around and responded to treats and was able to turn his back on those dogs. With the stranger, I don't know, I, I'd listened to the previous show and somebody brought up a question about why I didn't um, redirect him with the, with the humans. And if you go back and watch the video, I did. And with, with the human on the last time, after the time when I um, uh, timed it, because I wanted to get that timing to find out how quickly it, he recovered, I just simply said, leave it, and he stopped and turned around and looked up at me. Yeah. So I didn't even have to offer a treat or physically move him to redirect his behavior away from the stranger.
0: Yeah.
7: You know, people might have missed that because it, it was so easy
0: to do. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, obviously, like you said, you've listened to the show. Is there anything, and I know everybody's going to be jumping in the chat room in a minute, so just calm down, guys, but is there anything in the su show that you um, listened to that he obviously said quite a bit about what you'd said and how you'd gone through things and everything? Is there anything you want to put right that what was said in the show that you want to change or want to at least bring to our attention?
7: Okay. I wasn't able to, to – didn't have enough time after you sent me the links to listen to the first half of the show with Mr. Fitzgerald. I listened to Jeff, and I I have no disagreements with, with Jeff's statements. Um, you know, he he is, is seeing much the same thing that I, that, that I see when – when we, for instance, were in the meeting there and I showed the video, Jeff could see the dog reacting. And, you know, it's um, a situation where it, it was to find out what the worst would be and what the recovery of the, you know, how, how quickly Memphis recovered. Um, I, I really don't have a, a, a problem with anything Jeff had to say about the dog. I think the dog is sweet. Um, I think he does have these two areas that need to be worked on. But he is by no means unadoptable. And remember, this was my, it's now been almost two months. So that was my observation of him then. And since we have a proven uh, record of his improvement um, based on the, the measuring of the recovery time, um, he may be substantially further along than he was back on September 6th. Yeah. Um, so
0: let's let's face it, you've gone through loads of dogs and, and you've just said that, you know, that Memphis is, of course, um, able to be re- – re- let me get the words out. Memphis is obviously able to be adopted somewhere else in, obviously, time when we've sorted out these triggers. But in your – I mean, you've had years of experience and you've said yourself that you've been sorting out dogs that have had big fatalities – on a rating of 1 to 10, 1 being a fantastic job dog that you could take anywhere and 10 being the worst case scenario, it would rip your head off, where would you put Memphis?
7: Um, I think eventually he could be a 1 or a 2. When I saw him, he was probably a 5. Um, so like I said, his, the, the deficits are very specific and very limited. Um, he doesn't seem to have a problem with, friend, with friendly people. He doesn't seem to have a problem with dogs that are not going on on at him. in um, Meeting him one-on-one, he let me grab him and squeeze him and confront him and try to basically provoke a negative reaction, and he wasn't interested in it. He, uh, I've, for instance, I've seen, I saw no evidence, and I tried to, 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 to set him up for it, no evidence that, for instance, he'd had any kind of protection training or aggression training at one point i actually if you watch in, the, in all the video i actually pointed towards the, the person that was standing there and said get him memphis get him and memphis looked at me like um, what
0: you yeah right, go get him yourself <laughs> yeah go
7: get him yourself uh you got a cookie i'm not i guess what are you talking about
2: and since i was
7: told that he was since i was told that he was from potentially from a mixed um hispanic anglo neighborhood i tried it again in spanish and he had no response to it. Again he was looking at me going, um, okay, that's nice, you got a cookie?
0: <laughs> yeah. Now, Jim, I need to bring up something and somebody's just said it and I'd got it in my brain ready, Pat, so don't worry. Um I want to quote that last time when we had Jim on Fit Jim Fitzpatrick and I know I spoke to you before the show when you'd heard this on the grapevine, so I want you to confirm this everybody. They said that he was used as um and Mike Fitzpatrick said that he was probably used to protect a drug den of some sort in the New- in the Newark area. Can you just confirm in your thoughts, of your experience of, of of that comment on its own?
7: Uh, I saw no evidence that, that Memphis has been trained or encouraged in any way as being a guard dog for anybody, drug den or not. I have been on raids when I was a policeman, and... Um, I've seen dogs that have been in those situations, and dogs in those situations typically are not friendly at all. Um, They they don't typically exhibit stable dog behavior because they've usually been mistreated to make them, quote, mean for the dope dealers. Um, I didn't see anything in Memphis's behavior that would lead me to believe that I mean maybe maybe the health department there has some some information on on his his uh, point of origin that I don't have but from just looking at his behavior I didn't see any evidence that he that, that he was defensive or um a dog that I would find if I was a drug dealer Memphis is not the dog I would want sitting out in my front yard because he would have been more likely to take a cookie from somebody coming to coming to <laughs> raid me than uh than to go after them and bite them. That's not the for dog I would have chosen.
0: Yeah. For anybody who's just joined in the show and picked up half of that sentence, no, Jim did not say he was going to start selling drugs with Memphis, just in case somebody came <laughs> to the show and
7: said.
0: Yeah. you know what Chinese no, whispers like.
7: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like I said, if I was going to, which I'm not, um, <laughs> Memphis is not the dog I would have chosen for that. Um, I've been bitten by those dogs And uh, there's plenty of them out there that, that would be much more suitable
0: Exactly So I, I want to go back Because I'm thinking of what you're saying About Memphis Going or lunging or whatever Towards somebody he doesn't know That has got a bit of a funny reaction To them And I'm thinking if he's with somebody And he suddenly comes across And somebody's like a bit funny with them Am I right in thinking that most dogs would, I'm not going to say lunge at them, but they would have a reaction? Oh, sure. I mean, you're that's gonna not only typical of reaction. normal dogs.
7: Yeah. Uh, there's lots of dogs. You know, now there are, granted, there are plenty of dogs that will sit there and hide behind you if something comes up like that, and that's not necessarily desirable behavior either. Um, but, yeah, lots of dogs will, especially if, um, you know, they feel like you're threatened, they will... They will take such a position. And that's why part of the, the, the observation is to see how quickly the dog recovers and also to see if the dog um, responds to being redirected. And Memphis did respond. When I finally told him to leave it, he, he turned his back and walked back over to me and, and let it be. So, again, there's a situation with, with having the weird stranger is to try to see what the worst provoked behavior you might get would be, and then, you know, my feeling is that um, if you've got a dog that, that you have trained and who pretty much blows off any situation like that where you've got it set up, that that same dog is still going to protect you if there's a real threat because they can tell the difference between a, the, yeah. a real, you know, you, you, you as the handler, they can tell that you're afraid or you're not afraid. So yeah. you want to have a dog that is that is controllable, and again, with having a targeted breed like a pit or a rottie or a shepherd, you kind of almost have to voluntarily be a little bit more sensitive to that, because people will blame you and your dog for stuff that you didn't do, yeah. just because they perceive. I, I, I was on a, a case this afternoon where the neighborhood is upset about this, about this dog. And I went and evaluated the dog, and the dog is a sweetheart. She just happens to be a black pit. And the, the neighbors are freaked out about this dog, but the dog is stable as all the day is long. It's Helping The neighbors that have the an people. issue. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> I had, I had a, a long talk with the owners, the new owners of this dog, because she was a rescue, and said, look, you know, you have to be really aware of people's perceptions because of this kind of... Um, Land and uh, you know, make sure you keep up with the training, and go a little bit beyond what what most people would do to make sure that you're not exposing yourself and your dog to uh, to allegations that, that that aren't true.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, see, I, I'm thinking about I'm going to drop Paul Miracle in here now, but I'm thinking because I mean I must admit I've not watched all the video, but I was told that. Part of your um, assessment was actually where there was somebody in a yellow anorak and they walked towards Mm -hmm. Memphis. I'm thinking to myself, is that, I'm thinking about how my dogs would react. If we were walking just down the road or whatever and there was somebody come towards us, how they would react. And I'm thinking, my dogs are quite normal, just everyday normal dogs. They would still have a reaction Sure. Do you know I mean, I'm not saying that they would go into an absolute mental case or anything, but I'm saying they'd still have a reaction. So really, Memphis, okay, maybe a little bit OTT because of how of how he is, but it, it, surely to goodness that isn't something that can't easily be changed. I'm thinking exactly. if I probably gave you if I gave you miracle for a few weeks and said, "Yeah, you know, Jim, sort this so I can take miracle without her having a go at another dog," because it's because she's protecting and because. That's what she's like. I mean, we have, she's loads better than she was. But you'd be able, surely, be able to train her after only a few weeks to literally do in something different.
7: Yeah, yeah, and and that's and that's what I said about Memphis. That you know, on September the sixth, two thousand twelve, at seven o'clock at night, at that moment, Memphis was not ready to go to Joe Blow, pet owner. Who's not experienced and just walked into the shelter and decided his kids want a dog because of the two issues: his his protectiveness and his engagement with other dogs. Because that would probably be more than Joe Blow pet owner would be prepared to to deal with and redirect and be able to safely control for their protection and for the and from the dog's protection. Um, but but. uh yeah, that's, those are, both issues are eminently recoverable. They're, the, the, the dogs can be deconditioned from them, and it's not a huge, huge issue. And, like I said, with Memphis, you know, had, had it been a situation, for instance, with the other dogs where, where Memphis was, was engaging and lunging and whatever, and I couldn't even reach down and pull him away or drag him off, that would have been a much more serious inc- incident. But... He was able to be redirected really quickly and easily with with just a little bit of physical guidance and a treat. With the person, all he all he needed was a, a was a physical or, or verbal, okay, knock it off, leave it leave it alone, and he responded yeah. and and let it go. So yeah, that's yeah. you know I've seen and worked with dogs that that are much more you know laser focused and just off off the hook. Where you had to physically you know drag them off of that kind of a stimulus, and that's that's not what that's not what you see with Memphis at all.
0: <clears throat> Excuse me, go on Hello? uh
1: Jim um again, you know I spoke to you after the meeting, and is- and I just want to reiterate how appreciative I am of, for you coming up and doing this for Memphis um There's a lot of talk going on in the chat room, and I also agree with it um it sounds like you know. Based on your experience with some pretty horrendous dogs and not to their own fault, um you know, uh mm-hmm. I don't understand how you place Memphis at a five. Because a five um, would be in the middle. I think he's much lower, maybe a three.
7: Well, I'm just saying a five because on a scale like that I would say your average dog walking around on the street is a four or a five. Uh, I'm thinking of a one or a two as being uh, mm-hmm. for instance, like my like my dog who's got obedience titles and everything else that walks perfectly along with me when he's when he's off lead, of course, blows off my wife all the time, but listens to me and drops and <laughs> downs and all that you know. Number mm-hmm. number a uh, uh, one would be, you know, the perfect dog. Okay. You know, no, I'm, gonna, um, and I it's appreciate, gonna be one of those yeah. huge ones. So so somewhere in that middle range. I just pulled five up because I said I'd say five is probably your average dog walking around uh down the street on a leash or visiting mm-hmm. around at the dog park is probably
1: a four or a five.
0: Okay. Thank you
1: so much for clarifying that cuz yeah. It's very helpful. Thank you.
0: So, so what um did the um shelter say that they were going to be doing next with Memphis? And how do you feel that Memphis will take on with everything that he's going to be thrown at if you like. If that's the right word. I <laughs> so mean um. in the sense of, you know, the training and everything. How do you think he'll react to all of that? Um, I think Memphis
7: is, is going to react well to training. Um, I think Memphis is a dog that that wants to learn. I think he's a very uh
5: yeah
7: a, as I mentioned um at the meeting, Memphis is a soft dog. So he's he's going to respond best to a a gentler hand, not somebody that's uh, you know, very physical and um um you know uh, for instance with my background, a lot of police training and so forth, the people who train protection dogs, are they're very physical and very forceful because those dogs have to be able to bounce back from being attacked by a bad guy. That's not the kind of training Memphis needs. Um, Memphis is going to respond to an easy touch and uh, to, a lot of, uh, to a lot of positive uh, direction. Um, yeah. I think with, with, that kind of, with that kind of training, he's going to do fine. Um, you can never guarantee anything. I mean something can go wrong, you know, people, people, things go wrong with people. But um all the time. <laughs> oh yeah. Um but uh you know, I, I think he's gonna respond well and um to to that to that sort of, of, of training.
0: Yeah. Now have they actually asked you to come back to do another reevaluation later on? Or have they no. sort of left that to it? Once that's done, that's it.
7: Uh, they nobody has made any arrangements for me to come back, now.
0: Okay, okay. Now, um, something just came to my mind, and it's just gone straight back out again, so let me just think back to what I was going to say. Really. Yeah, I, 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 It's it's just been a mental afternoon, I tell you, and the fact I've got to carry on going until 2 o'clock just till in the morning is just a bit mad, but anyway. Um, so let me just put this in perspective then. So in your opinion, Memphis is a five, which is very close to a normal dog, because I'm thinking I've got friends of mine that, whose dogs, they can't walk down the street without the dog pulling at them to go and get another dog, and another dog mm-hmm. might just be normally things. So am I right in thinking that there is a lot of Memphises already in homes all over the world that literally oh. aren't in Memphis' situation?
7: Oh, absolutely. There are all over the place. And um, like I said, the, the – the only operative factor here, and it really shouldn't be as big a deal as it has been, is that Memphis is being adopted from a shelter, and shelters and rescues, shelters particularly, um, tend to be a little a little extra sensitive to potential potentially problematic behavior, because they're um, I think a lot of uh, jurisdictions and, and governments or whatever are are horribly worried about liability and that they might get sued or somebody might get bitten or some well
4: yeah.
7: let's face it, with anything out there you might get sued or any dog might bite somebody and exactly. something I was I was speaking with a, a lawyer friend of mine and he said that there aren't in the United States at least, there are no cases of anyone being able to successfully sue a municipal shelter or animal control that adopted a dog out after and and the dog has then gone out and bitten somebody. There, yeah. There's never there's never been a case like that. Yes, it's a huge PR problem, but as a lawyer friend of mine told me that there's never been a successful suit based on that. And um,
0: the that, other thing uh, is, you know, can, can I? Di- Sorry, go on, Hillary. The,
1: the Coltonbacks offered to wait to take all of the liability off the township mhm so if there it's personal, and that's all I'm gonna say there's no absolutely no reason this dog should still be enduring this, and now he has to go for yet another evaluation. This is a good dog; he had qualified people to take him. Before the Colton backs, there was a Bloomfield police officer who put an application in on Memphis the day before his seven day restrictions were up. I don't know if you're familiar with this, Jim. This man is an ACO. He is an expert evaluator. He has extensive pit bull experience. He worked in Patterson. And I know, Mm -hmm. Sue, you're not from here, so Patterson's not the greatest area, okay?
0: Okay. She refused to adopt
1: him. There's no reason why this should be going on, Jim. I mean, I think you pretty much said that a few minutes ago. This this should not have turned into what it turned into. There is absolutely no reason that Memphis should still be stuck in this predicament. This is unstable for this dog to be bounced around. He was in a stressful shelter. Now he's in one environment. And now the township is going to have the authority to determine whether or not he can be adopted. You know, that answer could be no. Well,
7: that's – As as far as they're concerned. Yeah, that unfortunately happens, and it happens w- way too often in in the shelter environment around the country, where where people, sometimes qualified, sometimes not, um, make decisions on whether animals could be or should be adopted, uh, and sometimes they're right, and sometimes they're wrong, and um, you know that, that that's that's a question that everybody who's ever worked in the shelter world has to deal with, and you know. Hopefully, in, in, in any particular incident, you have, or instance, you have um, well-meaning people that are that are trying to do the best for the animals and the public, uh, and and trying to sort through and give everybody a fair chance. Uh, in some situations, that doesn't happen. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure what's going on with this because apparently there's a lot of stuff in up there in Bloomfield that's going on. With right. politics and people and everything back and forth, which is why I try to say to the dogs because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. dogs don't yeah. lie to mm-hmm. you and dogs don't, <laughs> don't dogs don't put on a show and dogs don't tell you one thing and do another. If they tell you I'm going to bite you, they mean I'm going to bite you. <laughs> and if they tell you I think you're probably okay, then they're probably not going to still bite you.
4: <laughs>
7: yeah. You know, <laughs>
6: if you'd like to ask a question. Um, cause the, uh, Jim, it's Joe Del Judas, uh, a quick question for you. What I'm trying to have a hard time understanding is a lot of the information that's being assimilated to the public, and maybe you could say if it's accurate or not, they, uh, a petition was going around from the volunteers of the health to- department specifically saying that Memphis was unpredictable and aggressive. And I'm wondering if you could talk about that, maybe talk about what an a, unpredictable, aggressive dog actually is, and then, you know, related to Memphis.
7: Well, sure. Um, first, I've not used the term unpredictable or aggressive with Memphis anywhere along the way here. Uh, I've not classified him as either one of those. Um, Memphis, to me, and in, in my experience in dealing with dog body language and everything else, Communicates very clearly his intentions, and um, his behavior is very predictable. It's, it's consistent. It makes sense in dog terms, um, and that's how you have to look at behavior from dogs. Is not what we think the dog is doing, but what the dog sees from the dog's point of view. And I'd like to go back to the the, uh, the the yellow raincoat over the guy's head the dog sees something that looks like a scary thing and might be a threat to the person he's with and might be a threat to himself. So he's going to um, respond in a way that that dogs always respond in a way that makes sense to the dog, if you can see it through the dog's eyes. So like I said, I've not said unpredictable or aggressive. Um, He he gave um, the the technical term for lunging and, and barking and so forth is an aggressive display. That means the dog is showing those behaviors that would be interpreted as being uh, aggressive. And understand, aggression is not a bad thing. Aggression is simply a way for a dog to manipulate its environment and to interact socially. There are times in uh, a dog's life and and whatever that aggressive display is completely appropriate. For instance, if the dog feels threatened and can't find an escape, then the dog is going to give an aggressive display to try to get itself room to escape from the threat. It's 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 a survival issue. So you know, people term use the term aggression and throw it around, but they don't understand that there's not necessarily a value attached to that, good or bad. It's simply it's simply one way of interacting with one's environment. Um, so no, I don't think uh Memphis is aggressive or unpredictable and I don't know I don't know why un- unless it was being said by somebody who did not understand what they were looking <clears throat> at. Why, Your, words why would say
1: that, Your words have been twisted quite a bit. Your words have been twisted quite a bit, Jim yeah well, so maybe no, you should I need to, you should, I recommend that you do listen to um the other interview link that that Sue sent you when you have time just to get an idea mhm-
7: well and and also just the other day I posted my written evaluation on my blog and and sent a copy to Jeff, so everybody has it written down um I meant to send it earlier, it messed up in my email program, so no, there wasn't some conspiracy to hide anything it was my screw up with with my gmail
2: um well, we
7: posted they, it yeah and um it's on facebook yeah yeah and i and i think that, that you know that's pretty clearly what i what i said at the meeting you know it's I a, it's, did not it's
1: getting back to the politics the people that wrote the petition against memphis it's written very amateurishly, and it just goes back to all the politics. And like you keep saying, and like a lot of us agree, it's not about that. It's supposed to be about the dog. And these people mm-hmm. just don't know how to do that. They just uh, don't. It's,
7: it's, un, it's unfortunate when dogs get put in the middle of that kind of situation. Exactly,
2: yeah, uh, very or, unfortunate. Or, well,
7: in, the, in any dog gets put into the middle of a political situation. Look what happened with Lennox. In, yeah, in the absolutely. UK, that was yeah. that was strictly politics. That stopped becoming about the dog long, long, long before the end. Um, you know, way way back in the early stages is when it no long was no longer about Lennox. Uh, in this situation, I don't know what the what the politics is going on up there. What I know is what I observed from Memphis the day I was up there, and in my my interactions with him, under the circumstances that that we were operating under there, so it's you know it's dependent partly on yeah you know, it, it, it's at that point in, it's a snapshot at that point in time under those circumstances mm-hmm. how he reacted um, that it's and it's not necessarily predictive of what he's going to do two weeks from then walking through a shopping center yeah he. Again, it's one of the one of the situations, and what I recommend with Memphis or, or really any dog, is that you know you constantly work with them. My guys, I'm constantly refreshing them on what they've been taught, and by those those consistent interactions over a period of time is how you get and keep a dog well behaved and stable and so forth. Yeah,
6: Jim. Another question I wanted to ask you, if you don't mind, um, Sure. Uh, I. Know I know you didn't listen to what Mr. Fitzpatrick had to say when he was on the air, but he mentioned that Memphis wasn't appropriate for an urban environment. He should be sent to a rural environment. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that, but can you maybe broach that a little bit about, you know, is there a difference? Because to me, if he has issues, you're supposed to do exposure and retraining, not avoidance. That uh,
7: I would say, yeah, if you've got issues you wanted to do, um, exposure, redirection, and reinforcement of the, of the proper behavior. Um, a badly behaved dog in the country is just as much a problem as a badly behaved dog in the city. They're, that doesn't matter. I mean, but, see sometimes you get into that, and we, we, you get into it with rescue issues where people think, "Oh, I'm going to go do- dump this dog in the country, and it's going to go live in Disney World for the rest of its life." Well, I'm sorry, people in the country have their own dogs already, and they don't need your extra ones. Um, Living in the country or living in the city, it makes no difference. Uh, if your dog is well behaved, uh, it's, it, it should be welcome anywhere. If your dog is poorly behaved, then whether you live on, you know, on the fifth floor of, a town, uh, of an apartment building or, or 500 acres, if your dog is poorly behaved, you need to fix it. Yeah, I don't think urban or, or suburban or country has anything to do with this dog. Or You're t- any- yeah,
1: but that information came from somebody who has no dog training be- background. I don't even hold any weight to what that person says. Come on, that was right. an asinine statement. I'm sorry. Sorry to. Is that a curse word? I don't think it is, but that was an asinine <laughs> statement. It's not even worth discussing.
6: Right, but you know the, these are questions. That I think while Tim's here, he he can answer for us because he he is a be- yeah. i At least I consider him a behavioral
1: expert.
7: I mean, I've read no and body. I'm not
1: saying what you said was asinine, Joe. I said what yeah. Mike said was asinine.
7: Yeah. Well, like I'm, I said, I I I don't I don't see any again, I don't see that uh that that there there should be any issue about whether it's urban or rural as far as the dog's location.
2: The yeah, dog in I mean, either situation
7: should be friendly and under control and Positively disposed towards people, and controllable, and not have issues with other other animals. You know, if a dog lives out in the country, that doesn't mean it's allowed to go beat up the dog next door.
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Listen, um, so the statement about the drug den. A lot of I can I can tell you firsthand because I have spoken to Mike Fitzpatrick many times. Not since I resigned from the media committee, but you know, many times before that, in person, on the phone, whatever, ha- uh, email. A lot of what he says. Is coming from someone else. That person is usually talking out of their butts as well. So when Moira gets on the call tonight, she's on hold. She is the ACO that picked Memphis up. She will clarify a lot of what Mike Fitzpatrick said, and she will well and and give you the facts
7: simply because the the dog's from Newark doesn't mean that it's a drug dog. I mean, hello, thank you. I don't (laughs) think that anybody would would accuse. on honor Mayor Cory Booker of being a drug dealer, right? And, right. You know, no, I, that, exactly. I I don't live Ace in Newark, but I'm but, but I'm well not, aware they're, not unless they're running
3: against him,
1: unless they're running against him, and then they might accuse him <laughs> of something
7: like that. Exactly. But, Memphis you know, was they're, initially
1: they're, found in Bloomfield. When he was picked up, he ended up in Newark. So, you know, okay. that's just that.
7: Well, it when I landed matter.
1: It's yeah, but
7: when, when, when I landed in the airplane, I wound
1: up in Newark. So
7: does that right. mean i a problem? Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, that means you trauma. must have been at the drug den too.
7: Well I'm glad my plane didn't I'm glad my plane didn't try and land in Bloomfield. <laughs> yeah, really. So can I that would have been messy.
0: Sorry?
7: I'm
0: sorry. So who's sorry. I, I just got that, to remind you we've right. only got we've got ten more minutes in the show, so we're literally gonna jump from one show to another. So, mm-hmm. But I don't know exactly how this works, so I've not done this one where it's literally gone from one to another. So don't even ask. So it might be that we need to call back people back in, or I'm not sure. Okay? So we'll just go with okay, it, Okay, right? just let me
1: say one <laughs> wow. thing, because people are in the chat room that live in Bloomfield. Olive Street, where Memphis was picked up after he ran from the park, is in Bloomfield, not Newark. It's very close to the Newark border. But then again, another example of things being twisted. Okay, just and to get, and
7: just and to the clarify line that for it, everyone. And the bottom line is it doesn't matter where he was picked up. That's not right, what I was exactly. there
1: Exactly. Yeah. You know, exactly. it was, I was
7: there to look at his behavior and I don't, you know, like where he came from really doesn't matter. Exactly. Uh,
1: can
3: can <laughs> it's I
7: get something in
1: laughable. Again? It's yeah,
3: just ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Um well the question I have is uh get the last paragraph that uh is, is being used ad infinitum by the uh, board, um two of your statements being uh, at the time of the test, due to the above described issues, Memphis was not appropriate for adoption into a regular home, and the last portion uh, my recommendation for a permanent home would be to a physically capable owner who is experienced with bigger dogs and who is committed to continuing to reinforce Memphis's good responses with regular training. Would you yeah. consider the Colton Becks qualify as a regular home? That Memphis can't go to for the overqualified home that he would be a fine fit for
7: okay as 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 far as I know, and like i said i've I've only spoken to Jeff briefly. I've never seen his house uh, I've, I've not met and talked to Diana I, I All I know is secondhand information. Jeff sounds like what I would consider to be an experienced home. Not, when I talk about a regular home, I'm talking about Joe Blow down the street who may, may have once as a kid had a dog or maybe didn't or whatever, and suddenly decided that because little Susie is whining about it, they're going to go to the shelter and adopt a dog. That's a right. regular, low-key dog home. I don't exactly. consider, for instance, the, 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 the show people that I've known that have been showing Malinois for 20 years, they're not a regular home um people who've who've worked in rescue for a long period of time they're not a regular home. Those are people who have met lots of dogs, good and bad over a long period of time and from what I heard and just know second hand, it seems that the Coltonbecks are experienced dog owners um you know Jeff has been from what i again what I have seen in the toll. Jeff has been training for quite a substantial amount of time, so I mean he would not be what I would term a, a
3: Joe blow home no all righty follow up um do you feel that the Bloomfield Board of Health has represented your statements that you made in your report in a fair, accurate way with no twisting of words to suit perhaps an alleged agenda
7: since I haven't heard them directly out of their mouths? Um, I'm not going to accuse Bloomfield of, of, of twisting what I said. Um, what I will say is that what has been passed along to me, that has been forwarded, is not is not necessarily what I said, and that's why I felt it was important to make sure that that written document was out there, and why I was very happy to, that we were able to have the meeting with everybody there so I could explain to them right to their face with the video running and pointing to the behaviors exactly what I saw. Um, you know, I think there is a misunderstanding from from people potentially on both sides as to wanting to interpret or read into or second guess what I've said or maybe they didn't listen the first time maybe they didn't uh you know pay adequate attention to it and, you know it's it's like uh, Sue has said before you you, you play the, the what the Chinese what do you call it the Chinese whispering game where one person tells yes. another person and they tell somebody else. So um I'm 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 not willing to accuse anybody of deliberately twisting um right. statements. Um, yeah, it, it sounds again second hand and not you know I have not, for instance Spoken to Karen Lori and, and had her say. Well, you said this, and have and then have to turn around and say, no, that's not what I said. But well, Jim, and
1: yeah, and again, I would recommend you listen to the interview, and we can send you a copy of the other petition as well, just so yeah. you can see it on paper. Yeah,
0: because uh, your words are in there. And, and,
1: and yeah, I saw the petition, and the, um, the one against Memphis.
7: Right, uh, and and I'm I'm not even I I didn't clearly understand where that came from or who put it together ob- other than somebody that obviously doesn't want Memphis to go to the Colton backs um yeah, hello. thank but, you yeah uh, but but i'm not I mean, sure where uh, you know i would my my first question would be who actually put that together
1: i and, think joe tried um, to get that information at the meeting and they wouldn't provide it
6: yeah, Jim, just, just to let you know, I, we can tell you who distributed it. It was distributed yeah. by current volunteers of the Bloomfield Animal Shelter who are the fundraising committee, door-to-door.
1: but we're not getting it. Well, you know, that, I said, they're, no they're not dog handlers. These people are not dog handlers. They don't know Memphis. Just let me say that. They're the fundraising committee. So regardless, we weren't given the information, and I think it's supposed to be public record. The petition was also submitted in closed session, but irregardless.
3: Your
7: words were twisted, and, like I said, I and
1: that was my under,
7: point. Yeah, and I and I don't understand what the whole deal with petition is either, because the petition has nothing to do with behavior. What this should be about is what behavior
0: about the dog, right?
7: Yeah. Exactly. It should be about the dog. What behavior is he shown? Is this behavior fixable? And if it's fixable, what can we do to to um, to Manifest that to make to make this happen. You know what, what's it going to take, and let's and let's uh, let's you know if the dog's fixable, let's fix it. Do you
0: know? What, can and, and I just interrupt now? Cause we're coming. But sorry, can I just interrupt? Because we're coming to the end of the show. I just yeah. want to say something. As far as I'm concerned, looking, I'm sitting in the UK and I'm looking at Bloomfield, and all I can say, it's like having a doctor check somebody out and then going to a student nurse and saying, what do you think, and then putting a letter out to say what they think. Mm. That's yeah, my thought, good. isn't it? Why well, have a professor and then ask some no good who doesn't doesn't know as much as the professor? What was the point? What was the point in paying you, Jeff, to come over, to come and do all this, if then they're going to go and get somebody else from from the same place to actually do it?
7: Well, and I said I can't. I, I don't know who else they've got online. I know that uh, Pia, the, the original person who who interacted with him, she's well known in the in the training field. I have respect for her, and she and I agreed that there were these these particular issues that could be fixed.
0: Well, Jeff, um, Jim, sorry. Do you know it's, that she c- said George. in her report that she me. would never sorry, want Hillary. to live next
1: it's, to this dog? That's important for him to know, Sue. She said she would never want to live next door to this dog. So I don't okay. know what Jim, she told you, Jim. Jim, but that.
0: Jim, can I call you back to bring you in yes. for a few more minutes? Is oh, that absolutely. okay?
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Okay. I'm at your disposal. Right. We'll go on to the we'll go to the next show, everybody. I'll be back very very soon. Thank you.
4: Okay.